Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Amen. Glory to God. Before we get started today, got a couple of things you need to know about. Wednesday nights, I think we have six more sessions called Biblical uh, Citizenship. I'm going to make a statement right here. Our nation is in the trouble that it's in because the church has not done its job. Now, I'm not condemning, but we got to get educated on this because the church has spent too much time trying to get out of here that we let the devil take over. In fact, I hear a lot now from, a lot of, uh, from some people. I'm talking about Christian people. Well, it looks like this is the end times. Jesus is coming. So we just sit on our fat hands and let the devil take over. When the Bible says he's coming back for a glorious church, it's an overcoming church. We set the pace, not the devil. We're not here for the devil to do whatever he wants to do. We're here to prevent it. That's right. Okay? Negligence gives way to the enemy. You follow? Every person that is negligent in an accident is held responsible. How many of you (laughs) ever drove down the highway and seen the lawyer advertise if you've had an accident? Call us because we're going to hold that person's in their negligence what? Responsible. How shall we escape? And we're looking for an escape. Church has been looking for an escape. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation. Politics in this nation is the mess that it is because the church stopped being spiritual. Most Christians that I've met, I didn't say everybody, you're of the elite. Well, you ought to claim that at least. Most Christians are so earthly minded, they're no heavenly good. Now what does that mean? You're supposed to be spiritually minded so you can be spiritually good on earth. Too busy trying to get out of work. You work harder to get out of work than the work is that you'd have to do. If we want our nation back, There is a work the church must do. And I think that's just a little introduction where I'm going to go today because I am going to challenge you a little bit. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't carry any chips on your shoulders. (laughs) Biblical citizenship is on Wednesday nights. Even if you could not be here, I expect you, I expect you, 
to at least view it online. It is going to be uh, for you for podcasts and so on and so forth later on. There's a lot of things you don't know that you need to know in order to accomplish the work of God to this generation. Also, uh, well, a lot of big surprises around the corner. That's as far as I'm going to go, all right, right now. You just need to remember that. Amen? If you're not registered to vote, you're going to get registered to vote, right? Okay, and we're going to take care of that very shortly. I'd like to say to the 180, which is our youth ministry, you be dismissed at this time to go to your... uh, Uh, Small group, thank you so much. We love you. We love you. We thank God for what God's doing with our youth. Now, I want to make this uh, statement to you uh, to understand that the subject matter every month is assigned. So it matters not what level of maturity that everybody in this church is on. I'm talking about age-wise. And our King's kids are 180. And in this auditorium, we're teaching on the same subject matter simultaneously. So you'll understand that. Many, I have not expressed that before too much, but you need to understand that the subject matter that we'll be dealing with today is going to be dealt with those uh, age levels as it, at the same time. Aren't you glad? Yeah. All right. It's about time we get on the same page. Father, we thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge. Thank you that the eyes of our understanding will be open today in the name of Jesus. Glory to God that we will know the hope of our calling. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's title is The Grace to work. The subject matter is work or labor. Might I add, Pastor Zona started this off on a Thursday morning, September the 9th, I mean September the 1st, and uh, 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 she did a great job. You need to get that on Thursday mornings. Uh, Trey and Nita has carried it over while we've been out of town, and uh, you need to go back and listen to next Sunday. It, it ain't, you need to indulge. You know, some people just want to do enough to get there. Just take the plunge. Turn to the neighbor and say, take the plunge. All right. If you want to learn how to swim, you got to get in there where your feet don't touch the bottom. All right? Amen. All right. The grace to work. I think one of the greatest tragedies that the devil has used against the church is the teaching of the grace message minus any effort on our part. Well, you say, by grace, through faith, that of not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not in any man's works. Okay. We're not working to try to get saved. We work because we are saved. I'm going to show you a verse of Scripture in a moment where it says, Grace works. 
The problem is we're trying to work with fallen human nature's influence. And the grace of God is God's influence. So now we work. We work, and now our work is not in vain. It's not futile. It's not useless. It's not grievous toil. It's accomplishment and fulfillment. It, it comes to a success. I heard a, a great friend of mine, and he went on to be with Jesus, Dr. Zirkel, make a statement years ago that success comes dressed in work clothes. What is success? Success is doing good. Okay? It's doing good. Do you know that you're called to be a do-gooder? Turn to your neighbor and say, you do-gooder you. What does our generation make fun of? Okay? They mock you for doing good. In order to do good, you're going to have to put forth some effort because it's against human nature. Human nature, which is fallen and is really the nature of the devil. Pay attention right here. Listen. Fallen human nature takes the least, least path of resistance. Okay? We want to lose about 50 pounds without changing our diet. Give me six donuts. I'm on a donut diet. Are you following me? We want to do that. We want to build muscle and we want to pop pills to get healthy when God says health is in an endeavor. It's really, you know what real true health is? It's submission to the designer of your body. Quit trying to oppose God. A lot of modern illnesses are because people are sinning against God with their body. Woo! Shout me down. Now that's not politically correct because you ought to be able to live any way you want to and have the same outcome. That's called socialism. Get to reading the scripture, Pastor Ronnie. Before I do that, I'm going to read a few quotes from Pastor Zona. She kicked this off. Remember, I told you that. So therefore, I get to blame everything on her. Okay? Many times, this is some of the things that I, I, I jotted down. There was a lot of things, and sometimes I'm writing. You know how you're writing, and she's moved on to something else, so you got to go back and listen to some of it. Many times we try to do it our way about bringing God's promises to pass. Okay? Listen to this. When we are yoked with Him, talking about Jesus, we work as one. Pay attention right there. When we're yoked 
together with Jesus, we work as one. Now watch carefully. Our shoulders were not meant to carry the load of fulfilling the promises of God. If it's a God promise, it's going to take a God power for it to happen. However, that does not mean we don't do our part in the work. Are you following me? Listen carefully. Always let the Word of God do the work. The burden of it. Now, how, what does that mean? You know, you, you, we're making a statement here. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you don't do it. Look, look at what James says. James says, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. So God says, if you'll take a step and trust towards me, yeah. I'll take a step toward you. Yeah. Now, who takes the first step? We do. We do. Because it, it, the Word of God is already established fact. But for it to be operative in our life, we have to act on it first. And when we act on it, it triggers the action that's in it. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? God's always going to tell you to do something that's bigger than you. Always. When He tells you to forgive somebody, He knows that's bigger than you. He knows it is. So what do you got to do? You take an act of faith, not an act of emotion or feeling. You got to take an act of faith. You may have to say it like this. I forgive you. Okay? You may have to do that to get over your emotions, right? In fact, one of the quotes... <laughs> I'll just say it right now. One of the quotes that I'm going to write down, I wrote down here is... She said, when it hurts, grit your teeth. Do it anyway. <laughs> Okay? Just grit your teeth. Y'all have never been like that. Okay, I'm just trying to help you to relate to where you are. And then she, right after that, I wrote this down. Shut your mind up. Let it be at rest and listen to him. Let it be at rest and listen to him. Glory to God. <laughs> Here's what most people don't know. It takes time for a miracle. Now I'm kind of deviating. I'm going to get to reading the scriptures and teaching in a minute. But I'm kind of giving you some things that you need to get these one-liners if nothing else. Yesterday we, we had, uh, had a funeral service for my oldest sister. And uh, many of the family was here. Many, uh, uh, most of them are a lot older than me. And uh, of, of course, cousins and relatives and so on and so forth were, were here. And a couple of them told me, they, they came in here, they came into the church, they had, we had a great service. And it wasn't sad, by the way. 
and they came back here, and, and y'all, many of the workers here provided uh, a labor of love by ministering to us in a, in a meal. But I, this is what, what is one of the things that just astounded me. <laughs> they made this statement that they hadn't been here in a, decades probably, long, long time. And they look, oh, they came here, husband and wife says, oh, God's done a miracle. I said, what, what, what? This is just miraculous. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? They're fixing to give me a testimony. And God has really blessed y'all. I remember where this came from. I remember the little bitty church over there on Pleasanton Road. And, and Cantrell on the corner there. And, 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 and I said, yeah, when you drive by there now, it looks real little. <laughs> and they were just, they were, God's done a miracle. And I said, and yeah? And you don't know how many times we had to work on it. To them, it seemed like that happened overnight. But if you've been here very long, you know the day in, day out effort that it took to produce in their mind a miracle. One of the greatest books I ever read was written by, I believe it was written by Lester Summerall called Miracles Don't Just Happen. And we have trained the church to believe that you got to just show up one time and be desperate enough to have a miracle. And many people have went away disappointed making those statements. This is what they'll say. Well, I tried that church stuff and it don't work. The reason why it doesn't work is the Word of God tried you and you don't work. You follow? They don't just happen. Let me, let me, let me. Miraculous marriages don't just happen. They are labor of love. And a lot of labor when it seems like there's no love. Are you following me? Now, Zona, I'm talking about what you've had to go through. Okay. I never had to have that toward her. You can pay me later for that. Miracles don't just happen. They just don't show up. We think a miracle is just instantaneous. Do you know the miraculous birth took a miraculous conception? And it didn't show up until nine months later? Took some time, didn't it? Woo! Hallelujah. And I'm just on her comments. Okay? Listen. Life can be hard. Many of us relate. But it doesn't have to be. It depends on who's carrying the load. Doesn't have to be. A lot of Christians... 
A lot of Christians that I've known through the years have not understood what I just said to you. And then they, then they wait until... They, oh man, Jesus, maybe I ought to put this... A revisit of pastors on a sermon. Maybe that ought to be the title. Listen. God, here's another statement. God has to change you in order to change your situation. We're trying to get God to change the situation. And God says, I can't. You're standing in the way. Many times, many times, we're over there rebelling against God's help. God said, you're praying for God to send the help. He sends the help and you're rebelling against it. In connection with that, listen carefully, Dr. Zirkel made another statement. He said, in order to have success, it will take long obedience. Listen to what I said. I said that on purpose. Long obedience in the right direction. Doesn't just happen overnight. Yet we have trained people that it's supposed to be overnight or it's not qualified as a miracle. Take some work. Work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope. Woo, hallelujah, shut me down. Listen, if you don't have nothing invested, it's easy to walk away. Do you know why Zona and I will never get divorced? It's taken me nearly 50 years to get her the way I want her. Why would I start all over again when somebody's going to give me headaches? <laughs> I got you on that one. You, you understand what I'm talking about now? See, the devil's lie is to get you to quit before you reap a harvest. He's trying to get you to abandon what you sowed in faith. It's a work. You've got to cultivate it. Woo, man. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's changing me. All right. Stay with it. Just give me a few more minutes. Trusting is an endeavor. It's an endeavor. Especially in this life where the devil is jerking on you with that fallen human nature that you're going to have to die to. Quit trying to get out of here. Now she made that statement. Quit trying to get out of it. You spend more time trying to get out of it and you squander your opportunities to succeed. Quit trying to get out of it. Quit trying to work your way out of work. 
How many of you have had dread? It's something you just dreaded doing. Okay. I've had some dreads and I dread it. I dread doing it. I dread doing it. And I work myself up until I've worked my, my emotions and my mind and my thoughts until I just, I'm up now to the point that it, I have to do it. Don't want to do it, but I have to do it. And I keep telling myself, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Keep putting it off and it doesn't go away. It gets bigger. Okay. And then after I get it done, I said, I should have done that a long time ago. Don't you say a word now. <laughs> I put myself through double work. Now listen very carefully. If you don't learn to make your bed, you will never learn to make up your mind. Listen carefully. An unmade bed is too easy to crawl back into. Woo! Hallelujah. It's, it's not about you looking good to somebody else. It's about what it does to you. And it took, listen, I'm telling you something right now that it took me decades to understand. Now you say that's so simple, Pastor. No, it's not. It's not simple to a dummy. Okay? You say, well, you were over here talking about making... No, you, you've already been successful when you get out of bed in the morning and you make it. You've done something. You've already accomplished something. If you've got an unmade bed, you're going to have an unmade mind when you need to have a decision. Because you have left something undone and you left it on the back burner. My, my attitude for, for most of my life was this. Hey, why make the bed? You're going to get back in it. But it's too easy to get back in it and hide when you are under pressure. How many of you know life is full of pressure? I love you. Like I said, I'm blaming all of this on her. It is easy to practice faithfulness when you are in the mood. It will take commitment to be faithful. It will take commitment to be faithful. Then she made the next statement. Just get committed in love. Just get committed. A lot of people won't get committed. If this nation's going to turn around, it's going to take committed people to turn it around. And I'm not talking about just being in public office. Glory to God. It may seem, it may not seem easy, but it is doable. When it comes to denying the flesh, it becomes a work of faith. 
You cannot be in faith and operate in the flesh. You cannot operate in the flesh and be in faith. You have to operate in faith to put the flesh down. Listen, when God told Abraham that, that he and Sarah is going to have a child, he didn't say you and Hagar is going to have a child. So Abraham said, well, we're just going to do a little fleshly work here to see if we can bring the promise of God to pass. I, you know, Zona said, it's amazing to me that Sarah didn't have to do very much convincing to Abraham <laughs> to go into Hagar. Go read it for yourself. Genesis. <laughs> okay. Oh, here's the last one. You need to labor before you need a paycheck. Many people are wanting a paycheck because they need it right now, but they haven't had any labor involved. The CEO, or actually the founder of FedEx, just recently on Fox Business News, made a statement. He said, the more we leave the option open to work, the more the economy will be stagnated. And he goes on to explain it, that the more you pay people to not do anything, the more your economy is going to be a mess. And listen carefully. Pay attention right here. That is the spirit of socialism driven by the spirit of communism. You don't need to put forth any investment, any labor, because we're going to take care of you. It is making government God so that a group of elite globalists can have one world government in mind. It's it is driven to absolutely take your financial independence away from you. It's meant to do that. And that same, listen carefully, from a spiritual aspect, that same attitude has been developed in the church. My dad used to say it like this. Many Christians are trying to hitchhike on somebody else's faith. Do you know, you know what that means? It means I don't have any investment whatsoever in the Word of God. I've not taken myself and invested my time and my effort to be in the Word of God so the Word of God can get in me. And remember the statement, in order to change your situation, God's got to change you. And so there's no investment, but I guess what? I am in a desperate situation, so now I'm going to come 
and ride off of somebody else's faith to get it done. And so many Christians are spending most of their time trying to get out of the work of faith and they never see the wonder of faith. And so, guess what happens? People can't trust God for themselves. And, and my job, our job as a five-fold ministry gift is to get you to depend on God. Not to depend on our gift. Are, are you listening to me now? Because you've got a gift inside you. And the more you are reliant upon the gift of God on, in me only and not apply yourself and invest yourself, the more you're going to be, listen carefully, making stardom out of ministries. Oh, Jesus, I hope you heard what I just said to you. Our churches are full of nothing more than making the gift ministry behind the pulpit a star. Instead of coming and learning what they've had to apply in their everyday life and then learn how to apply it to your life, because, see, stardom is not going to follow you around. We've made our churches nothing more than entertainment centers so that we can come and get a little comfort. A little comfort, you know what I mean? And I don't even like to say comfort. A little entertainment so we can forget about our problems for a little while. No. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our, 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 our faith. God wants His faith to be your faith. And God's faith works. It works. When God's... Listen. Let me just give it to you like this. The sun is still operating by rising in the east and setting in the west because it's upheld by the same word that created it. And that word that created it was the very essence and substance of God spoken out of His mouth. You don't think it was an effort by God to speak it out of His mouth when there was no sun to create it? What makes it rise today in our generation and set in the West in our generation is the same operative Word. God's Word does not change because it creates the same that w by which it was spoken. So when we hear the Word of God and we begin to speak it over our lives, it begins to do a work in us. It's a work of faith. You have to have the word of faith so that the word of faith produces the work of faith so you can stand in the wonder of faith. Just like those people yesterday. Oh my goodness, what a miracle. I thought, dear Jesus, you should have been here when 
<laughs> Let me put it this way. When my, when my dad and brother, <laughs> brother Pemberton saw this piece of property, over 50 years ago, they drove down Roosevelt. This was nothing on this property. It was a bunch of mesquite and a bunch of briars, a bunch of weeds, and it was full of brush. Are you following me? It was, it was nothing. In fact, we didn't even have a McDonald's on the corner down here. Nothing up and down Roosevelt. Okay? But guess what? They heard the word of faith. And then they had to put the operation of the work of that word into operation to produce the wonder that they... Oh my God, what a miracle! Fifty years in the making. Are you, are you following me? And this generation's got to understand, it's time to pick up where the last generation left off and quit trying to ride the coattails of a previous generation. Y'all still love me. It, just be patient with me. Let, it, let me get it all out, and then you can do whatever you want to with it. Okay? All right. We, I guess we got to go to Scripture, right? Let, let me give you these Scriptures. Let me read them to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 9. Let's go with them. We'll read them out of the King James. I'm going to read several of them right in a row because I just want to touch base on them, and then I'm going to start finishing it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. For we are laborers. We're what? Laborers. Well, I, I, I thought we'd save by grace. It says right here we're laborers too. Guess what we're laborers with? We're laborers together with God. Put your faith to work. I heard a great friend of mine uh, Pastor Art Aragon make a statement. If you don't use faith on purpose, then the purpose of faith is lost. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Say this with me. I'm a laborer together with God. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse number 10. Listen to Paul the Apostle. Listen carefully before we read this. Paul the Apostle is the very one that taught us about grace. You're not saved by works of your righteousness, but through faith, I mean through grace, uh, uh, by, by grace through faith. He's the same one that gave us the teaching of grace is going to make a statement right here that I want you to get. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. A lot of the grace of God is in vain on people in our generation. Watch this. But I labor more abundantly then they all of them. Then all of them. I do what? I do what? 
Yet not I, watch this, but the grace of God which was with me. So the grace of God worked. Paul said, I couldn't do this by myself. But the grace of God that influenced me, the influence of God is what gave me the ability, the influence of that Word of God, born of a virgin, dying upon a cross, going to hell for me, and rising again the third day influenced me. And that Word echoed in my heart, giving me the ability to do the labor that I could not do by myself. So I did a work. But it was the grace of God that worked in me. Now I want you to get that. Say that with me. The grace of God, grace of God. Works. works. See, if you're really influenced by God, you're not going to sit idle. You hear me through live stream? Okay. You that are here in the congregation ought to give them a hand clap because they took your bulk of what I just said. Okay. Go to chapter, uh, same chapter, verse number 58. This is an amazing verse, and I've used it many times at funerals. I used it yesterday at my sister's funeral at the graveside. And he's talking about the resurrection of the dead. The last verse in this 15th chapter makes a bold statement right here. And it's left for not for the ones of us that are left here. Listen to what he says. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable. Don't be, don't be persuaded in another direction. Always, always, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So the Word of God's still working. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor, listen carefully, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we labor now, not with sorrow and grief that we're working for nothing, but now we labor... We're laboring with God. And some other people that I saw Friday night at the viewing. And they asked me, said, well, what are you doing now? I said, I'm still, I'm still pastoring. I'm still over at Omega Church. And they said, well, were you, you, you ever going to retire? And I said, no, because I got a lifetime call. See, we're trying to put a lifetime call in the category of a profession of a worldly system. Every single believer is into a lifetime call of the labor of God. Now, I did tell them, my position may change, but I ain't never going to stop. I've got a lifetime call. And they stopped, and he said, well, you're right. That's exactly what your dad did. I said, because God called him. If God's people will ever wake up to that. See, we, we put that on the preacher when in reality it's every single believer. Every single believer. Glory to God. Oh, man, are you getting happy about this? 
Hebrews chapter 6. Listen, all you that seem to be a little bit older, say this with me out loud. I'm not just older, I'm wiser. Now, don't throw your wisdom down the toilet because your body's a certain age. I'm a, I was around a lot of older people yesterday. And they said, oh, we're just getting older. We're just getting older. We're just getting older. We're just getting older. I'm just now hitting my prime. <laughs> well, 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 Pastor Ronnie, listen, I'm 67, which is not old. I'm 67, and I've just now got enough sense to understand what Sister Gilbert told me for years she told me this. She said, Ronnie, I've been praying for you. And she'd call me Brother Ronnie. Some of y'all need this little Pentecostal woman in your life. <laughs> she'd have her hair pulled back in a bun, and I mean she looked just like a... But she was a sweetheart of a woman. she came up to me and said, Brother Ronnie, I've been praying for you. And God gave me a word. I said, what is it, Sister Gilbert? You want, you want them prophecies, right? Problem is, most people get prophecies and never remember a single word that's ever said. But she told me this, I could never forget it. She told me a hundred times, she told me once. I was praying for you this week. And the Holy Spirit gave me a word for you. And I said, okay, Sister Gilbert, hit me. I'm excited, <laughs> I'm ready. She said, Pastor Ronnie, don't throw away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Then she shifted to another gear, the next verse. For you, for you, Ronnie, have need of patience after you have done the will of God that you might receive the promise. And it's, patience is just one of those words that you love to hate. Especially when you're real young. She told me that, and I got to where Sister Gilbert, yeah, I know. I know, Sister Gilbert. I know, Sister Gilbert. How many of you ever had somebody come back to you and told you the same thing? Yeah, I know. Mimi had, told, Mimi had asked the grandkids, have I told you the story? Yes, I, Mimi. Well, I'm going to tell you again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. And, and it got to where I didn't want to even greet Sister Gilbert at church anymore. Because I knew if I greeted her before the days, before we left, she's going to tell me, I've been praying for you. Okay. Notice what that verse says. That's found in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30. I believe it's 38. You have need of patience after you've done the will of God. Most people don't have patience because they haven't done the will of God yet. You got to do the will of God. Uh, Matthew was telling me that he talked to my second oldest sister yesterday and she made a statement. And she said, you know, a lot of people are asking God to give them the answer, praying that God would give them the answer. And she said, he's already given the answer. You don't need to do no praying. It's already in the Bible. Your answer's already there. Why, why are you praying about it? Just read the Bible. It's there. 
Hello. But here again, we've trained people that the preacher's got to read the Bible for you. And I keep saying this, if I can get you to read in that Bible, I'm talking about the Holy Writ. On a continual basis for five years, your life will never be the same. You... <laughs> I just want to throw this out here to you. For all of those that think, dear God, I'm so far behind. I, I, this church may be a late blooming church. But I'd rather be a late bloomer than a blooming idiot. Okay? That's for all of you that think, well, you know, I've made so many mistakes. I'm so far behind. Hey, be a late bloomer then. Turn to your neighbor and say, I ain't going to be a blooming idiot. Y'all still love Jesus out there. Hebrews 6.10. Remember that. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Do you know why some people think that God has forgotten them? Because they ain't done no work and labor of love. <laughs> Let's read it again. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed towards His name. Notice this. You have done this and in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. You're still doing it. You're still doing it. After all this time, you're still doing it. Do you know that the only place that the word addiction is used in the Bible is the addiction to the ministry of the saints? You're supposed to become addicted to that. That's supposed to be your thrill. Wow. Now, the last one. Everybody say the last one. Oh, I can't hardly take no more. It's so, so good. Philippians chapter 2. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Turn to your neighbor and say, This is going to put icing on the cake. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, always obeyed, always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Now, Paul was talking about himself, but could, could we say that Jesus is saying that to all of His disciples? You've obeyed me while I was here. But now I'm seated on the right hand of the Father. You've always obeyed me while I was here. But even now so, more so, since I'm sitting on the right hand of the Father, should you obey me. Right? Watch carefully. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is going to be a good one for you. But how much more, now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
Quit trying to get somebody else to solve your problem. It's all right to get encouragement, to get somebody to step up in agreement, and to aid you. But they cannot, their aid cannot substitute for what you're supposed to do. Listen carefully. My prayer cannot make up for your disobedience. Vice versa. Okay? If God says that you're to act on His Word in faith, then that means you've got to show some kind of action, and my prayer cannot make up for the lack of action. Shout me down now. Listen, this is a good sermon to share with somebody that you know sloughing off. I'm giving you plenty of ammunition. For it is God, verse 13, for it is God which worketh, which worketh. God does what? God does what? He works. He worketh in you. He works in you so He can work through you. It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Folks, what I want to help you to see, labor, work, effort, investment of your time, talent, money, effort, your tears, the sweat of your brow, those things put you involved and you can't easily walk away from it. Do you know why so many quote, I'm going to rephrase that. I'm not going to say Christian. I'm talking about church goers. Can easily walk away from a local church and go somewhere else. They have nothing invested in that local church. Nothing. So, guess what? They just walk away. I'm going to go find somebody else. I don't have to do very much investment that I can keep reaping the benefits of somebody else's labor. We have a socialistic attitude in the body of Christ. And socialistic attitude is a communist spirit. And the reason why it's taken over our government is because the church has not changed this attitude. You don't know how many years. I, listen, I live, Zona and I lived behind this church for eight years. You have no idea what it's like to live behind the church and people demand that you be on 24-hour call. I had people griping and fussing at me because I locked the church doors. Well, bless God, what happened to the days when the church doors were always open? You could come in here anytime you wanted to. You bum you. 
You ain't wanting to come in here anytime. You're only going to wait until the most desperate moment to come in here. I'm talking about the people that ain't... I ain't talking about nobody here. You're trying to hitchhawk off of somebody else's face. I remember when my mom and dad lived behind here. As I, I was a kid, lived behind the church here in a, in a mobile home. And a friend of my brother's, Norman's brother, friend, and uh, he was a spiritual bum. And you, I know you don't like me saying these kind of things, but you need to hear it. Now, he believed in God, but he didn't believe God. Okay? Listen to me carefully. I know I'm talking straight. About 2 o'clock in the morning, I remember this kid woke me up, woke everybody up in the house, knocking on the door, drunk as a skunk. Oh, brother Allen, brother Allen, I need you, brother Allen, I need you, brother Allen. Dad said, just go out there and wait until I get to the church. So Daddy got changed and come out here into the church, and he unlocked the church, and he said, what, what can I do? Oh, Brother Allen, he's just bawling. He's like, I'm just a mess. I, I'm just a mess. I, I'm a mess. <laughs> and Dad says, I can help you if you'll listen to me. All you got to do is turn away from your sins and confess Jesus as your Lord. And God will change everything. He said, I, I need you to pray for me, Brother Allen. Pray for me. Pray for me. He said, Lord, if I confess my sins, we'll be here all night. <laughs> and Dad looked at him and said, wait just a minute. You may be here all night, but I ain't going to be here all night. You see, what I'm trying to help you understand, this is not something for somebody else to do. God's calling on us to act on it. And it's not, it's not so because I said it's so. It's so because God said it's so. And I'm only wise enough to repeat what God said. There is a work and labor of love and a patience of hope. Every bit of this life is an endeavor. God knew it when he put Adam and Eve here. In the Garden of Eden, this is what he said, you can eat of every tree in this garden except one. But guess what? All of these trees, including the one you can't eat of, you are to dress it and take care of it. So imagine being in the Garden of Eden. We think the Garden of Eden means free of labor. Oh, we could just wake up when we want to, go to sleep when we want to. No, he said, I'm commissioning you. I'm charging you. You to bestow labor on every tree in this garden. And there's going to be one particular tree you're going to bestow labor on, but you can't have it. And most people don't recognize it. That tree represents the tithe. 
You're going to bestow labor. But you can't have it. Getting on the tie stamp, Brother Ronnie. <laughs> I told you I'd read these scriptures and I was going to quit. I was going to close it up. Watch carefully. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't God good? When you are... This is another quote from Zona. I started off that way. I'm going to end this way. When you are at rest, and she taught this on the 8th, labor to rest. Most people are trying to rest and never labor. When you are at rest, that means you're at peace. Then I added to it, there is a work that is peaceful. Glory to God. There's an endeavor where it's peaceful. And I know I'm just going to obey God. And guess what? God's going to open the door. I just do what he says. If he says stand still, I'm just going to stand still. Hello? If he says, go in your closet and pull out a yellow shirt and change shirts and put it on. I'm going to go in my closet, change shirts, put that yellow shirt on. But most people don't, they argue with God. And then demand him to fulfill his promise. You're arguing with me. We're to work together on this thing. When you have nothing invested, it's easy to walk away. And let somebody else be responsible for your inactivity. We see this happen all the time in our society. Wake up. All the time in our society. But here's the thing. God himself invested in mankind. He invested himself. And he's not going to walk away. Are you following me? How many of you going to... How many of you just going to walk away from your automobile that you finally got paid off? Just going to walk away. Oh, well. How many, how many, of, you, how many of you just going to walk away from taking, of your, uh, taking care of the house you live in and after you spent all those years getting it paid off. How many, how many of you is just going to just walk off? Oh well. You're not going to. We live in a time period in human history whereby that's the attitude. Do you know that there used to be... <laughs> people that would write faith checks for the offering? You know what a faith check is? My, somebody gave <laughs> dad check years ago and it was called a faith check. Now the man didn't mention it. But he wrote a check and he didn't have no money in the checking account. But he wrote a faith check. Gave it to the church and it bounced. So dad called him up and says, you know, your, your, check, your, your check bounced. 
And he said, well, it was a faith check. He said, what do you mean it was a faith check? He said, Brother Allen, if you'd had faith, the money would have been there. <laughs> Hello out there, anybody? Why not use your faith to get the money in the account first? <laughs> oh, Hallelujah. You see, do you realize that when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, God could have walked off? But you know why he didn't? He invested himself. He said, I ain't walking off from this. The devil's not going to chase me out of here. I created this, I created this earth for mankind and put all this stuff here, and I, you think I'm going to walk away, devil? I ain't walking away from this. I ain't giving up on mankind. I put myself in this. And he ain't walking away. And that's what he's trying to get you to do. Put yourself in your life. All right, let me put it. Let him take himself and put himself in your life. Then you ain't going to walk away from your faith. You ain't going to walk away from it. True Christian, true Christianity, true Christianity doesn't walk away. Doesn't walk away from it. I ain't going to quit. I live by the Word of God. And this is what God says to do. If it puts me in a fiery furnace, oh well, it puts me in a fiery furnace. If I wind up in a den of lions, oh well, I'm not walking away from the Word of God. I put... God's put himself in me and I put myself in him. And Jesus said it this way, if you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it'll be done. There, there comes a point by which you work at peace. I don't have to sweat the small stuff or the big stuff because it's the word of God and I'm going to live this way. Are you following me? Glory to God. Father, I thank you. I thank you for every person in the sound of my voice. You're speaking to us on another level to this generation. This level is a, a, a maturity of faith, not baby faith anymore. And Lord, you're, you're telling us, apply the word. Apply the word. Keep the word applied. Don't back off of it. We're the just. We're going to live by your faith and we're not going to draw back from declaring it. It's a work sometimes against our minds and our emotions and even contrary situations. But your word is at work. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. For those in the sound of my voice, Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus, those that are viewing by live stream as well as those that are in this auditorium, Father. You're doing a work in them. It's an eternal work. It's not something that is superficial. It's rooted in your word. And we're not doing it for popularity. We're not doing it for entertainment. We live by faith in your word. Now, Father, I thank you right now. 
I speak healing by the authority of your word. Now, somebody's going to be healed right now. I speak healing by the authority of your word based upon the merits of the cross and the power of your resurrection and in the authority of your name. I speak healing to their body, their spirit, their soul. And in the name of Jesus, I declare that your word is sent forth. We send your word to heal them. I thank you that that miraculous word will work miracles in their minds, their bodies, and their spirits. Restoring and making whole in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Lord, I thank you right now that we take you at your word and we're going to leave this place today encouraged with your word. Yes, Lord, I thank you today you're working in us so we can set our face like a flint rock where we're not double-minded in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Devil, I declare in the name of Jesus, you hear me. God's raising up in this generation of believers that will take our country back. America has never belonged to you and will never belong to you. God has invested His Word in this nation and His Word will not only correct the wrong but will sustain the fulfillment of the birth of this nation. The politics of this nation and the corruption in the bureaucracy will change in the name of the Lord Jesus because there's been a, a, a changing in the Word being taught from the pulpit. And there's a changing of the faith in the hearts of your people. I declare in the name of Jesus there will be a turnaround. It is at hand. Spirit of discouragement, I banish you from the minds and the hearts of God's people. Spirit of faith, awake and arise. Stand your ground. Glory be to God. Know who has called you and who has appointed you to this generation and let the Word do the work through you. Suck up from your sighing and murmuring and speak the word only and watch by healing power. Change a nation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's time for you to take a stand. Glory to God. Why don't you stand with me right now? Stand with me. Stand. 
Stand in the name of Jesus. Stand. Listen, I know what time it is. Don't, don't bother me right now with that. It's time for you to take the stand. Do the work of faith. Labor of love. Glory be to God. In the name of Jesus, we take our stand. Say this with me out loud. Devil, you will not have this nation. The Word of God is declared today that we will take our nation back. The purposes that God founded our nation upon will be fulfilled. We stand in faith and we do the work of faith in the name of Jesus by the power of His resurrection and in the authority of His name we declare Jesus Christ of Nazareth is Lord over the United States. Glory be to God. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Matthew, come up here. In fact, bring bring the Part of your echo here with us. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It has seemed like a slippery slope. But my word is your sure foundation. It seems like every time you take a step, you slide right back. But today I'm declaring. I'm declaring. That His Word is a sure foundation. And every hindrance is broken. It's not an emotional thing spiritual thing. Okay? Glory be to God. Odell, Zona, come. Uh, Phyllis, I want you to lay hands on him. Y'all lay hands on him right now. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. You in the congregation, extend your hands this way. You that are viewing by live stream, put your hands this way. The spirit of the enemy is broken. You keep your hand to the plow. Keep your hand to the plow. I know you're hitting rocks. I know the ground is hard. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. 
I know that the brush has been there. But the Holy Ghost is going to bring forth a bulldozer and a root plow. And a root plow. And a root plow. Glory to God. There's been the enemy that's been assigned against the anointing. He's anticipated the damage he's going to do to his kingdom. But this day, it's been declared that that assignment is over with. Many breakthroughs, though, many different areas are on the way. Just like this piece of property, when it was proclaimed, by two great men of God and called it into the ministry. It took some time to clear it, get the architectural plan, and lay the foundation. But that's what you've been doing. And you're going to see a sure foundation. And that which you build upon it will be because of a gospel that you can see and been taught. And you have ministered others. And many will come that are hungry and thirsty. Many will come broken hearted, cast down. So don't throw away your confidence, which has great recompense on the board. And after you've done the will of God the Father, you're going to receive a reward. It may be hard, but remember, you're coming up against spirits. But those spirits have been broken today and the breakthrough from heaven is on its way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And just as Paul spoke to his spiritual son, Timothy, when he had faced hard times, your, your natural father and your spiritual father has spoken to you today. And he has seen your tears. But he knows the faith that you have that has been put into you by your dad and your mother and your grandparents and your other relatives. And now the Spirit of God would say to you, you've not been given the spirit of fear, but you've been given the spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Now stir up the gift that is within you. Stir it up. Stir up the Holy Spirit that's been given to you and that you have witnessed all of the days of your life. Now stir it up and walk forth in the power of the Spirit and in the Lord and in the power of His might and you will not walk by sight but you will walk by the faith that is in you and you will see the things that have been put in you. They will come forth out of you because they are in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I've called you for the assignment. And it may seem very small. Thank you, Jesus. And it may seem like nothing is really happening. Door open for a moment, then it slams shut. But the Spirit of the living God has opened the door that no man can shut. So don't despise the small things. The foundation is sure. And sometimes it takes a long time to get a good foundation. 
but it's already been spoken that the plow has gone down deep digging out all of the things that shouldn't be there so just stay faithful stay faithful and when you see the enemy this is for all of you at echo when you see the enemy and you're by yourself and those negative thoughts come just start rejoicing and start praising me and he'll flee soon pretty quickly because he can't stay where there's praise and worship he can't stay where you look beyond the present circumstances you look with the eyes of faith and you see that God is working for you when you can see nothing with your natural eyes for be strong in the Lord and you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Let's praise God. Let's just praise God. And listen, what, what, you're, what, you're, you're, what we're witnessing today is not a couple of three individuals or a family or two. What you're talking about, what you're getting, what you're getting in on right now is probably hundreds of families. Are you following what I'm saying? This, this is what it looks like on the front side. It looks like on the front side that it's just, you know, a, a couple of couple of few people. But this is an absolute duplication of an end-time work at another location. Are you, are you understanding You're, what I'm saying to you? I know that we've taken time here, but this is an investment. This is sowing seed. This is the work of God that you're to abound in. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank, you need to thank God for the privilege. The privilege. You've got to be included. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Yes, 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 yes. God knows your needs. But you know what I find out? When I need people to pray for me, when I need a paycheck, I work before I need the paycheck. You need people praying for you, you need to be praying for people. When, when you need healing, you need to have already done the work of spreading healing around. You understand, you understand what I'm trying to help you to see? It, it, there's a work and labor of love and it has a wage attached to it. It has a reward attached to it. And when, you, when your need comes around, your payday will be there. That's why you can't take for granted what we do here. It's not coming and just listening to somebody wants to scream at you and spit at you a little while. This is about... This is about... Uh, understanding the way God has set it up. He told Adam and Eve, it'll be there for you if you'll sow the seed now. If you'll bestow the labor upon that tree now, the fruit will be there when you need to eat. Yes. Glory to God. We get to be on the beginning side and we get to reap the harvest. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, we didn't take too long. Glory to God. This is eternal work. Father, we thank you as we leave this place today. We thank you that your favor surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. Lord, we hear your voice and the voice of another we won't follow. Father, we thank you right now. Glory be to Jesus that you've given your angels charge over us. Our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us your name to use, which we invoke right now. Say this with me out loud. In the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Now, Father, as we leave this place, we thank you that you feel us so full of your love. That as we go into our everyday lives, every person we come in contact with, just let your love pour out of us and touch them with the glorious gospel. We give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. Find five people, give them a big old hug. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.